Greetings and salutations. It's your friend Amy Knight. Thanks for taking some time to put us in your ear holes. Hopefully you're doing something productive while you're listening in. I'm here to enhance, not hinder. So I'm a podcast junkie. I have currently in my library, like, uh, four, six, seven, oh my gosh, there's a lot. There's like 50. I'm subscribed to like 50 podcasts. This is a lot of podcasts. But um, I like true crime a lot. Sometimes, though, it gets a little heavy. It's too much murder and destruction for me. So I have quite a few that are just to make me laugh. One of my favorite is, if you listen to any other podcast besides this one, <laughs> one of my favorite is Smartless. It's Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes from Will and Grace, Jack from Will and Grace, and Will Arnett. And they're all friends in real life, and their wives too. They all hang out, and they pick on each other so much. They have such, they all have such dry senses of humor and such quick wit, and they just crack on each other constantly. They have really good guests too, um, really good guests. But my favorite thing about it is just listen. I don't. I usually don't even care who the guest is. I just like listening to those guys. But check that out if you want some laughs. Oh, and I was going to tell you, too, the husband and I binged a show on Netflix night before last called Based on a True Story. It has Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory, Penny, and Chris Messina from The Mindy Project. Also a funny guy. But we binged that. We started at dinner, and we eat a late dinner. Started about, I don't know, 10-something and we binged it. It's only like eight episodes. It took us to like 3.30, but we got it all in. We just could, I mean, you know, you start watching and then you're like, well, one more episode, one more episode. But it was really good. It's a, it's about a couple that start a podcast when they think that they've met a serial killer. It's a crazy good concept. Never been done before. I love it. I love stuff that's not too tropey, but, um, it's also, man, it was running a total dink parallel to my life right now, minus the murder, of course. But check it out if you are into dark comedy, because it's dark comedy, which I love. And you got to love Kaylee Cuoco. She's adorable. Okay, enough of my recommends that have nothing to do with our subject at hand. So my friend Dave Gorman stopped by for a beer and a sit down and Jamie is with us again for this one but I ran into him at some show a couple of months ago I can't even remember which one now Hackensaw Boys maybe maybe Hackensaw Boys but I think I handed him one of my Starbucks Dolly Cup of Ambition stickers and he told me that he had done some volunteering back a while back with a local nonprofit that helps to support businesses that want to unionize. And they had a hand in helping one of our local Starbucks to unionize. So I thought that was a pretty interesting thing that I wanted to hear some more about and didn't want to talk over the music. So I had him come over and I think we had a pretty good talk. Very interesting. And we also got into the fact that we used to work at Calhoun's together. He was a manager of mine for a while, which I had actually forgotten. 
I can't believe I forget a lot. But <laughs> I totally forgot that he was my manager at, at Calhoun's. Of course, in my defense, it was like 25 years ago. So, But that is how I met him and how long I've known him. So Dave is a really great guy, and he's a pretty smart dude. So get ready to learn some stuff, and I hope you enjoy it. We're just going to fade right in. And he has volunteered for... Now, I don't know if I'm going to get this correctly, but you can correct all that is wrong with what I'm getting ready to say. (laughs) You volunteered with a nonprofit, is that right, to unionize? Well, what Why don't you just explain to us while you're here, Dave? (laughs) There are some things that are happening. Some of those things have happened already. I've been involved for several years with a local group called Jobs with Justice from East Tennessee. Jobs with Justice for East Tennessee. Yes, and so JWJ has been involved with... JWJ. um, That's us. (laughs) JWJ has been involved for a long time with just helping with unions and helping with working people get you know, taken care of and respected. Some of the things that we were doing that's maybe relevant to our discussion with uh, restaurant workers and employees at Starbucks and things like that has just been to help them find voices and have support from outside of their industry to speak up and demand respect, demand better pay, to survive during the pandemic. There were a lot of, obviously, a lot of changes that happened in that industry with how people were being served and what it meant to get restaurant food. You go, you get it delivered, you don't sit down and eat, all those things. And people were adjusting and trying to figure that out and also how to stay alive and survive and make a living at it. And so some of the things that Jobs with Justice was doing was trying to help support workers as they were organizing, collecting money that would then be distributed to employees in need because they lost big chunks of their livelihood when you're a tipped worker at restaurants places had to really up their to-go game. And so there were people who suddenly were maybe not making much money at all, and they were spending all their time assembling orders. And there there were a lot of issues that came up with that. And I think we learned a lot, people learned a lot, and got better at it, but the uptake was kind of slow. And so people were getting organized. And so Jobs with Justice began trying to help support folks and make people aware of places and just how folks could get some financial help, some support, and also maybe put some pressure on some places to take better care of their employees. Now, did that Jobs for Justice as an organization, was that kind of founded during the pandemic? Or no, it's actually, that's been it's, around it, for it's been around for a long, long time. I first became aware of the, the organization back around 2009 or 2010. I'm a school teacher, and we have teachers and we have office workers and we have teachers aides and cafeteria workers and bus drivers, all these folks that make schools work. Right. Uh, but we also have custodians. And a lot of times when people are trying to make an impact on businesses, they start th- saying, hey, let's improve our bottom line. Where can we cut mm-hmm. spending? But oftentimes it's people who are maybe at the lower end of the food chain when it comes to where do you want to make an impact? Instead of cutting at the top, it's always folks it's at the bottom. always the yeah. people yeah. at always the bottom. Those are yeah. the people who can least afford to make those adjustments. And we had a superintendent who thought that the best way to save money was to outsource our custodians. Mm. And custodians, if you remember, most people 
remember custodians at their schools growing up and those people were almost like family. I mean, you saw them every yeah. day. And You know, it's a really good thing that Jobs for Justice did help them and supported them because, like you said, they're the little people fighting against the big billion dollar corporation. I, I watched a bunch of videos on Starbucks and unionizing and they make like $3.7 billion. That's the CEO. What's it? Uh, Howard. Howard Schultz. Is that yeah. his last name? Yeah. Screw that yes. guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I watched some view of uh, Bernie going up against him too. That was pretty good. I liked that. <laughs> but yeah, $3.7 billion a year. And you want to put your money into fighting, taking care of your employees. And they're, they're buckling down. They're like putting their foot down and they're like turning up the heat, right? They, they are. And I mean, you know, lots of people know Starbucks and love Starbucks. Yes. Starbucks has a. And Starbucks used to be a great company to work for. reputation for all those Free, things. But or like healthcare for, for uh, part time employees. It was a hip, trendy place to it work. Was. And then you start hearing some things behind the scenes about my shifts keep getting changed mm -hmm. or by my responsibilities or, cut. or yeah, cut. Uh, my responsibilities are not clear or, you know, just the way things were, people were being treated. And, and, you know, you want to have a life outside of work. You want to be able to enjoy your life. And work should give you the opportunity to do things that you want to do. And Correct. Starbucks was, um, they had this great reputation, but behind the scenes, there were a lot of people saying, you know, we, we're not being treated fairly. And then COVID hit. And so and, COVID hit, yeah. and it, again, really put a spotlight on the service industry. And so job, sure Jobs with Justice got involved as they always do with just trying to help people be informed and have some strength behind them and some power and well, so and it does feel like a battle like being an you uphill know, battle with a giant yeah i've been a full-time service industry person for over 25 years and i never had health insurance i've never had health insurance <laughs> the only time i've ever had health insurance was when i was two times i was pregnant and i had state health insurance. I've never been offered health insurance through a job unless I was a full-time employee, like 40 hours. It's something that I've lived with my whole life to where it's just normal for me now. And that's sad. It is sad. Because people should be able to have that opportunity without well, it costing an arm and a leg. Oh, absolutely. And I think people take for granted that, you know, people are okay. They're not okay. They're <laughs> working hard and, and they're Again, trying to, to make a living, but there are certain things that ought to be inalienable in terms of being able to have a job and raise a family or spend time with who you want to, whatever that looks like right. you know, for you, and, and have money to, to enjoy life. And, yes. and some of these are folks who are still at a minimum wage that's outrageously low oh my and gosh. has been the same That's rate a whole since. other episode of the it, minimum wage yeah. of a server versus the minimum wage of like another worker like our minimum wage is much different it's like three it's still two, i thought it was 213 i think it's like three i think it's still 213 oh gosh you're kidding me i was giving us yeah. more credit than, i think it's still 213 that it's, is it's under three dollars and then yeah. they just depend on the customer to make up the rest of yeah, the so if you have a slow wage, day and a bunch right. of people that aren't feeling generous yeah it sucks. Then you might walk out with less than right. ten dollars an hour. Yeah, which, that's really sad. yeah. There are it lots is. of stories that you know during the pandemic, people a lot of people had the opportunity to open their minds and open their wallets yes. and think, hey, these a lot folks of are struggling. Yes. And so there were a lot of people who suddenly found themselves tipping twenty percent or twenty five percent all the time. Yeah, and just basically doing as a you know, rule of thumb. Right, and that was great because it was. It, it helped people get through well but, but to go were... back to the pandemic like since then 
the restaurant industry has tra- changed drastically. It really I has. mean, hours have changed. The amount of employees, employees they can find and staff has changed. You got to really, really take care of your employees for people to want to stay there now. Right. And I have noticed as a bartender that customers have changed. Now, mm-hmm. I do work downtown in downtown Knoxville. So that may be different for someone that's working in, in the suburbs, right. in a restaurant, in a Chili's or something. Mm-hmm. But I have noticed that people in general, they're tipping a Much lot better. more. Much better, yeah. So that's that's a good thing for us. That, but we that's still... an excellent thing. But you yeah. you know that that still lets the employer off the hook. Yes, oh, which yeah, it totally does. Yeah, which should not be. Okay. It should yeah. not be okay. No. <laughs> and then you get the you get the argument that if people that owned restaurants had to pay minimum wage they plus, shut down. They'd shut down. They couldn't afford it. No. <laughs> so I do want to ask you. Who started wanting to unionize? In which location was the Starbucks in question in Knoxville? The, the one that began the effort was off of Merchants Drive. You know, that that was a really exciting thing because it was starting to happen across the country in a few locations. It was. I think and it started in Buffalo. I think it was Buffalo as well. So that first effort, you know, there were folks who were, again, really sticking their neck out. And there were people who weren't real supportive because that's not what they went to Starbucks for. They wanted the coffee in the atmosphere, but they didn't want trouble and protests. And, you know, it was really brave. We don't want to have to advocate for anything while we drink our coffee. Yeah. Care about the employees that made our coffee. Yeah. I mean, they're they're my friend and I see them every day or, you know, three times a week. But at the same time, I don't want to think about them when I'm done. Yeah. With my coffee or when I walk out. But fortunately, there were plenty of people who did want to support, but before you unionize, there's organization that has to happen. So there's mm-hmm. some collecting of names and, and information. And, and that's dangerous in itself because mm-hmm. a lot of Starbucks employees have lost their jobs. You put a target on your back. Yeah, they yeah. totally and, do. And, and that happens in, in a lot of jobs it besides does. service industry. It's, it's Corporations a do thing. not like that U word. Our friends at McKay's yes. unionized. They are working on, and I may be a little bit out of date here, but I think they're still working on some negotiating thing. You yeah. know, they're, they're yeah. going to begin the process, so they they're authorized. But that process for them was similar to what our friends at Starbucks have experienced, where when you're the point person, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be some heat, there's going to be some pressure. It might be subtle, or it might be mm-hmm. very overt, with hours being changed, or right. you know, being expected to do different things that you weren't necessarily, you know, ready to do. Whether that's and with Tennessee being a right to right to fire state. Like, so, you didn't uh, really need They call it right to, to work, which, which is right the, the greatest uh, misnomer <laughs> in the is, world. Cause it's you're an right. oxymoron. Right to work. And, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm a member of the teachers' union, but people say, well, it's not really a union. Yeah, it's not. It's called a, you know, education association, but we're a union. Yeah. And we have some protection uh, as a result. I could still get fired if I mess up bad enough, yeah. but I do have the support of, of the teachers' association. Right. Starbucks is affiliated with the service industry, and I am so sorry. I'm blanking on the rest of their name, but the the union that they've affiliated with that's given them the support to, you know, get organized. And it may differ from location. Is it the NRLB? Location. Well, National Labor Relations Board, they help I know monitor. they've been helping yeah. Starbucks a lot. So there's there's a lot of steps that you have to go through, a lot of hoops, mm-hmm. and as they've made their way through this and progressed through this, then it seems like the owners, the operators, they're not coming right out and say, hey, it's about time. 
Yeah, they yeah, let's, let's get hoops. on board. Yeah, and the corporations create more hoops. They want to extend it as long as possible, throw more time on it because well, they know people will lose their steam. They, and They want to wear people out. Yeah, totally. And, and they'll lose their nerve. So you can get excited and celebrate a victory with, okay, we're going to unionize. But then if you haven't been able to start meeting, you know, that first year and actually get some concessions and have those discussions because that's part of what this is. It doesn't necessarily have to be a fight to the death. You know, you want to work with and, yeah, you and want have to negotiate. Things. We are negotiating. Yeah. Was the organization you were talking about the Service Employees International? Of Union? course, uh, SEIU. Good old, and uh, good old. Star Thank Wars, you, Starbucks is working with the Workers United, an affiliate of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's great. This is all information I didn't know, so I'm excited to learn about this. So and, and they're learning, and you know, you're seeing it spread to some other stores, and and. So Jobs with Justice has helped, you know, they've organized some actions uh, or supported some actions because a lot of this has come from the Starbucks employees. But having people show up wearing union shirts to order yeah, their coffee. Buttons. My sister sent me a picture of, and she's in a theatrical union up in D.C. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, she's a costume person. Oh, wow. Wardrobe. Amazing. Jealous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we but, have a you know, she sent me a picture that. a couple of months ago of the label on her Starbucks cup and it said Ann Union. Oh, so it was her name, oh. and then last name and was they, Union. They, so they have to call it out. So And the people oh, that's working a, that's there. That's a way to support without like. It's, I it, love it's that. people wearing Union shirts and just coming yeah. in and, and ordering and having their name include the word Union. Yeah. So it gets called out. And that's something that for those employees who maybe need a little shot in the arm. Yeah, because, you know, those just employees get a lot of slack for wearing union buttons and stuff. They get, of course, they get called into the office. They get, you know, they don't like that kind of, content. that I mean, kind of flair. No, they, no, that's the wrong kind of flair. <laughs> 13, 13 pieces of flair, please. That's it. Not, do you no want to do the bare things. flair minimum? Uh, <laughs> of course you don't. No. Great reference. I know. Yes, 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 yes. Everybody yes, knows yes. that one. Mm-hmm. They do. I hope so. So union busting, I know they're having a hard time with the union busting and the tips with credit card machines. They have decided that the stores that are unionized, their stores are no longer prompted on the credit card machines for tips. So now I'm really interested in this because I actually go to that Starbucks frequently. I order through the app a lot, and you can tip on the app. And so I usually tip cash, but I've tipped on the app before, and it just makes me wonder, are they not getting that tip? Because that is infuriating. I don't know enough about whether that comes through the app to them. I know that that's one of the ways that they've tried to impede Mm -hmm. the union. You know, well, it's going to cost you this. We're not going to make it easy for you to- you get to unionize, but you're going to lose lose out on three to four dollars extra an hour on your check. That's just a a stick in the eye. You know, I mean, it's a stupid thing to do. Why would you want to work with people who think that's how they can treat their employees? You know, if I can back into uh, a little education talk here for a moment. As a union member, my dues are deducted from my bank account and Mm -hmm. pay my monthly dues to the union. Right. But for years, my dues were, were taken out of my paycheck by Knox County Schools. And that was extremely convenient because I didn't even see the money. Right. You know, you and it you went in every time. what you don't see. It was a deduction that appeared on my pay stub. But our governor in Tennessee has just, you know, ramrodded through the state legislature. But he has been pretty poor for unionization in the state of Tennessee. 
the Ford company, there's many multi-billion dollar investment that they're making in a car factory in West Tennessee. Union jobs coming to Tennessee, and he's, he doesn't want to say the word. But, mm-hmm. but what they passed was a law now that requires that schools can no longer do the automatic deductions for teacher union dues. It has to go through the bank. So I had already done that two years ago because they've been trying to do this for many years. But there's no reason to That's do that to us except to be That's inconvenient. A total tactic. And they're hoping it will disrupt the union's ability to collect money. Gosh, they didn't so do it to oh, the, well, they, they didn't do it to the firefighters, didn't do it to police officers who their dues are deducted mm-hmm. in most cases. But they did it to teachers because to teacher. they don't like teachers' unions, and that's a crazy thing. So hearing about it with Starbucks, this is just a thing to rough them up. It really is. And and it just is to, to, make it harder. To, mm-hmm. to show some power and to demoralize people. Yeah. You know, well, look, yeah, well, you go ahead with your little union, but it's going to cost you- It's going to cost you. You know, four bucks an hour That's or whatever really over time. Yeah. That's a lot of money to take out of someone's One year's, hand. when you're making two thirteen an hour or whatever. Yeah, really? Yeah. And, well, and, and what's the problem? Why are corporations so against unionizing? Because unions are there to help better the industry that you're working in. It seems like because then your comes employees down to money. are going to be getting what they need. They're going to be happier. Receiving what they need and living an actual life. Don't you want that out of employees? Not if it's going to cost you. It's a it's a great <laughs> fear, but you know, you mentioned about the right to work thing. And Tennessee is a right to work state. So, a teacher in Knox County does not have to be a member of the union to have the same benefits. Oh. So, if if we as a union work hard to Get you better it across but, the board. It's get better for everybody. You know, if we get a four percent raise, which we did, everybody every, te- gets every teacher yeah, gets not that. just the unionized teachers. Right, that kind of thing you would think would make everybody happy, and it should. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they're afraid of. If you have people who can make a living, people who can afford to take a vacation, people who can you know get new clothes for their kids when school starts, they're going to be happier employees. So why wouldn't Howard at Starbucks be thinking, hey, can you imagine if every one of my stores had happy employees who slept well because they could afford to live in a nice place or a nicer place at least, and their teeth are are feeling good because they're able to go see a dentist on a regular... Why is that scary? And it's like it goes back to what you started with when you're talking about the bottom line and profits. Mm -hmm. These folks are thinking that the profit is what it's all about instead of the profit you get from having people who are being respected. And their profit is and, in the and billions. Can, and they could, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. give up a few mil. But, you but know. You know, there's a certain, certain amount of keeping up or keeping down with the Joneses with this kind of thing because when you hear about a company that treats their employees really, really well, and then you start looking at it like, Which well, they did it and doing. others don't. It seems like there's a corporate attitude in a lot of cases that they don't want other companies to do it because they would have to do it they as well. They would have to do it as well. And so, a lot of those companies have lobbyists. Oh my gosh, absolutely. So, they pay <laughs> The lobbyists are what why we still make 213 an hour as Don't as get me started on lobbyists. Yeah, who, yeah, who who would you least like to see coming up to your bar to order a drink? A uh, lobbyist or a Howard from Starbucks or That depends do we get to throw the drink in their face. Uh. <laughs> Things you think about sometimes. Yep. But it is a service industry, and, and people deserve a, a living wage, and people deserve the respect, giving people a respite from their own lives to be able to come out and have a good time and hit some good food or 
relax, relaxing atmosphere, that's worth a lot. It's crazy. We were watching this YouTube video earlier briefly that said service industry union was 1.6%. Oh, it's, there's 15.8 million wage and salary workers supported by unions. And only 1.6% of that is food and beverage. Wow. 1.6% million workers. Goodness gracious. So, so a lot of opportunities what's our to, time? to organize. <laughs> and you know, the reason that's not higher is yeah. because they've not been successful. When a union is successful, then people want to be a part of it and support it and enjoy it. Does, it. I mean, food but, and beverage industry needs a needs but, some lobbyists. Sure. Do well, we have I lobbyists? Mean, you do. They absolutely. suck if we do. Well, you absolutely do. And it makes you think, uh, gosh, corporate. where would you be without them? Yeah. Oh, we would be even worse. <laughs> It'd be you worse. know, th- maybe they're working as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, I I know usually within a few moments if somebody I work with has ever been a service yes. industry employee mm-hmm. because of the way that they make eye contact and the way that they communicate mm-hmm. because Interact. you have to do all of those things if you want to make any money. If you want to make money, then job. you have to pay attention. Yeah. You have to. Be organized. There have been times, and my wife will laugh when she listens to this later, <laughs> where I'd be sitting at a restaurant and we order something and I'm like, I order this, where's, where's my blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And I'm thinking these critical thoughts about where's this supposed to be or they, they should have taken care of this. And I laugh at myself because it's like, you know what, they're, they're in the weeds. Yeah. You know, this is a busy time. And I know that because I remember that. Right. I've spent some time working at restaurants and I know how things can go. And you don't see all of that sometimes when you're just sitting at the table. and Or they're out back smoking and they forgot well, that they had you. <laughs> well, that could, ha- that, could cer- that could certainly happen too. But we were out to eat not too long ago and we'd ordered drinks for dinner and she brought them about 10 minutes after we'd been served our food. Oh, no. And she's like, I am so sorry. And we're like, well, and she goes, I just forgot. I just forgot you just have to be all the things, and, and and we left her a nice tip. But I I just appreciate that she the didn't honesty. try to say, oh, the bartender was way behind, or right, good for her. She had to had to go, like whatever. It was just it was just right up front and honest, and and I thought, well, that's that comes with some confidence and yes, probably totally. some good management. One of my favorite things to say when I'm really in the weeds, and you can kind of tell that it's busy, and I get a new table. My favorite thing to do to let them know nicely that I'm running behind is I'll jump up to their table and say, hey, so here's some menus. And do you all want to pick up a table? (laughs) (laughs) You you put it out there. They're either going to laugh and and they're going to be cool or they're going to look at you like, what is she talking about? Pick up a table. Pick up a table if you need. Usually they laugh and it kind of breaks the ice. And then maybe they'll be a little bit more patient. I was... A manager. Could I name the restaurant? Or sure. No? Okay. Well, I managed at Calhoun's on the River for four you years. You did. And then became it. Four. Four. Oh, God. Four oh, my years. Goodness. Oh, my. I was like, that's the you know, same. It might have felt like that at times. <laughs> yeah, right. And I liked most of it. I really did. You know, it was a challenging place to work and a busy, busy place. But I'm there sure. were, yeah, there were some times where you're just shaking your head and kind of laughing about things because mm. stuff that happens in restaurants probably doesn't happen anywhere else. You, you have an opportunity to, to do something and you can either do it great and oh man am i i am on fire today or you blow it and and make it worse but i got a a a server came up to me and said 
uh, hey Dave, um, got a problem at uh, at thirty two. I'm like, what 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 happened? He goes, well, he found a he found a rock in his salad. I'm like, what? He goes, there was a he, he showed me. He's got a little tiny stone that was in his salad. I'm like, oh, okay. And I have a few moments to walk up to the table and figure out what I'm going to say because it's like we've really screwed up if we're putting you know gravel <laughs> into your gravel salad, sir. in the salad. Uh, the croutons are a little bit uh, overdone today. That's roughage. Sir. That's yeah, real exactly. roughage. And I, 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 I walked up and I said, uh, I understand we're giving some extras away tonight, huh? And just kind of Mr. <laughs> Schmoozy guy. And the guy looks at me like, yeah, you jackass, you know? And I'm like, I am so sorry. Tell you what, let's, we're going to get you some drinks and then we're going to talk about this. Is that good? And so I did that. I walked back and I'm like, okay, I got to keep this going. Came back with some drinks. And, and he was settling down a little bit. And I said, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm going to get you meals, guys. I'm so, you know, hate that this happened. And that was a restaurant where that was encouraged. If there were problems, yeah. the yes. easiest thing to do is just- Which, that's the best good. thing to do. What's yeah. it going to take to make them happy? To make you yeah. happy, exactly. exactly. And I bought meals sometimes for people where I thought, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know what? It's easier just to comp. Boy, well, they, they, it's they, not they, only they, easier, but it's worth it. They, mm-hmm. they told us some that, people are just problem people, and they're going <laughs> to find a problem everywhere they go. Well, and we were always told that look, um, gravel's a big problem. Though. Gravel, <laughs> gravel. We can all, yeah. They said, you know, you got you got a, a guy with a problem that you fix. He may only tell ten people, but you got a problem that you don't fix. He's going to tell a hundred. Yes. And, That's and exactly right. Dave Foreman, that is such a Calhoun's corporation oh, thing. Well, to you say. know where I heard it's that, right? I do know where you heard <laughs> yeah. that. That's right. Dave uh, and I used to work at Calhoun's together, which he reminded me today. He's long like, time ago. Another world, long. another life. So I, I, I took care of all that. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, this would have been a really bad thing if I'd broken a tooth, you know, I'm on the road. And I'm like, hmm, on the road? He goes, yeah, we're musicians. And that they were some, some long haired guys. I said, oh, well, that's great. You guys uh, got a show? He goes, yeah, we're playing tomorrow night. I said, oh, who, who are you playing with? And they were John Fogarty's backing nice. band. You know, nice. Wow. And I'm like, uh, oh, that's great. And he goes, you need tickets? And I'm like, I- I've got tickets. Because oh, I did. Oh, gosh, that's and like, awesome. Man. And so it goes, well, um, uh, you know, do you, do you want an autograph or anything? You know, you want me to get something autographed for you? And I said, well, actually, I do, because I had a vinyl copy of his first solo album and the poster from Center Field. I'm, I was a fan. Yeah. And, and the guy's like, yeah, you can just bring it by our hotel. And he says, you're not going to meet John, but we'll get it signed and it'll be there tomorrow. What? And I'm like, man, that was fantastic. Nice. Uh, I, I dropped it off uh, the next day at the hotel. You never saw that gave, album no, again. No, they gave me backstage <laughs> passes. What? Uh, nice. So I went backstage and saw the bass player. John's bus was pulling out while the guitars were still sounding. That is- so, so he was gone. Yeah. But, you know, that worked out well, and I guess they were happy. That's a real amazing good. story. That's a real Chris Robinson move. <laughs> yeah, getting on the bus as uh, the last notes That's are playing. That's a really great story. Oh, so they were, Calhoun's well, was good for that. And it just goes to show. Yeah, that like, Calhoun's was. And even regardless of the, if there's someone that's famous or not, um, it really goes to show, like, what you can get, like, it doesn't. It really doesn't cost a restaurant anything to comp a meal that's well, it costs a very little, unhappy. but not much. Oh, not pennies. Not uh, in comparison to what not making a customer yes. happy costs. Yes, yes. Yeah. And in this day and age, reviews are a lot. Oh, reviews now more are than a lot. Ever. Oh, it's even more so. Even more so. Yeah. yeah now more than ever. And They'll go um, on Twitter right there at the table. If you if if you had 
I've had experiences where I've gone to restaurants and I've been like, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, as I was saying earlier, though, you can tell when people have worked in this industry because they have a, a hopefully a sense of how do you get out of things? How do you fix things? How do you solve things? <laughs> that's you so know, true. And, 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 and keep rolling because that's not the only table that you have. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I had hopefully I, I worked at a restaurant in college <laughs> up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, at the Bowling Green Country Club, and I I had worked there as a lifeguard in the summer, and then hired on as a as a waiter in the fall. And because I'd seen people in bathing suits, I was a little more comfortable with the with the uh, members there. And so when I moved on to the restaurant floor. I knew some of the families and their kids, you know, and that, that kind of helped me. And you picture them almost naked. Well. <laughs> like you do for big crowds when you exactly. had to make a speech. <laughs> but it was actually, it was a little different than that. But, um, <laughs> but it was more like I wasn't intimidated by the people that I was waiting on. And right. these are some big, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I waited on Mrs. Duncan Hines. Yes. She was like in her late 80s or early 90s. Oh, I love it. I was it. so disappointed she didn't order angel food or devil's food cake. Well, <laughs> she's probably had so much of it. She she's must like, have. I but can't I was like, have just give me this. Of cake. Mrs. Duncan Hines. Yes. But um, there, there was a, a couple that would eat there pretty regularly, you know, a couple of times a week. And they had a lot of set ways with how they wanted things. Right. And yeah, you get to know your regulars the, the head, and, and what they the, need. The, yeah. the, the, the head. Uh, the service manager person mm -hmm. that day said, you got them today. And I'm like, what? What? And she's like, they're yours. I said, oh my God. She goes, just remember, here's what you need to know. Here's, here's, <laughs> you know when they come in, the bartender will already be making their drinks. Yes. Whatever it was they got. They yes. got the same thing every time. And they wanted their drinks dropped off at their table as they as were seated. As they sat down. Yeah. I'd and then have a table this, I do this that is, for. These are all the things that they want. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I, I, I find a three-by-five card. No, I guess it was a ticket. Yeah. And I'm writing my notes about this is what I have to do. And I go up to the table uh, to greet them with their drinks because, you know, I'm scared to death. And the bartender's <laughs> looking at me like, oh, man, you're going you're gonna to crash <laughs> Down and burn. Down in flames. Yeah. And I, I walk up there, and she looks up at me and goes, you're new here. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, oh, but I'm ready for you. See oh, my wow. notes? Oh, and, oh, that's and, so and great! And I showed him, and she's like, "What?" I said, "I, I know all about you. I got you guys." Oh, and, dang, and they just so laughed, and other other servers were like, "What the hell?" You've is got them laughing as soon as they yeah. sat down. They just thought that was so funny, and I'm like, "It's you know, it's really not that funny. It's kind of sad, folks, but was, okay. But I'm ready for you. <laughs> it's great. It's and, great." And 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 so I'm doing just fine. They mm -hmm. eat their meal, and you know, everything was pretty routine. And uh, I I noticed that they need some coffee. And so I go over to the bar to go get the coffee pot. And I'm walking back. And in between them and the bar, another table goes, oh, can I get a little bit? And I'm like, oh, of course. You know, mm -hmm. and I give them some coffee. And I get to their table. And she lit into me Ooh, because I didn't come right to them first. I'm like, oh, children. 
Yes. Oh, okay. We were doing so good. Those were some entitled. Yeah. Well, that, that's yeah, and, and that that was the problem is that nobody ever said stop acting that way. Right. Yeah. And they you had still get your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's your but, coffee. But the <laughs> fact that she asked me first and was served second was a wow. problem. Oh. And wow. uh, and again, we were on pretty good terms up wow. until that. Up until but that point. That's that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Mm. You know, I survived that, and it didn't yeah. it didn't kill me or or make me feel. And like you have I was, a story that you told what thirty years later. It's more net. I'm, try- I'm trying to be good. Yes, to, I'm trying yes, to be good yes. to you since Almost no one 40. can see your gray hair over oh, the over oh, the audio. <laughs> gray. It's, it's, it's a lot more white than gray. But you know, th- those are, those are things that you know they do build character, right. and you allow things to roll off your back sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you can bitch about it with your coworkers. And hopefully not say something that's going to get you fired. Oh, well, and yeah. you know but, what? That kind of wraps it back around to the whole union thing because I don't think people that have not worked in the service industry and in restaurants specifically, mm-hmm. but all, any service industry, retail, whatever, realize what people have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I, it's evident because this is a good example. My mom has never really worked. With, she has a little bit, not enough to really know. But she she can be a problem customer. I have to check my mom when we go out. I'm like, Mom, uh, uh-uh, uh, stop it right now. You're not going to argue with her about your expired ID. Just don't get a drink. That's what you got to do. We're not arguing with the server. She's doing her job. Your ID You're is not expired. Taking that's my your side. fault. <laughs> yeah. That's so I've got I've had that problem with my mom before, and so she's a good example. Sorry, mom. Of someone <laughs> who's not really worked too much in the service industry and doesn't really know what we have to deal. I never want to have a conversation about IDs again in my entire right. life. But you know what? As long as I'm in the service industry, I have to. You absolutely have, have to. to. Yep. And and I get nervous when I order and they don't card me. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I'm like, do you realize what you're supposed to be doing? I chastise them for not carding me. Yeah. I'm like, dude, do you yeah. know how much trouble you could? Yeah, like yeah. you said, how yeah. much trouble you can get in. Let me tell you this. Did you know this? Thank you, Mike Chase. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> in Tennessee, if you get caught serving underage, you lose your ABC card for eight years. And you have to pay a fine. You have to pay a huge like fine. $3,000? $1,500 was how much I know this because the restaurant that I work at, we just had that. Oh, that's right. Last year, have that happen. It was awful. He lost his job. He, the restaurant got fined. He got fined. Yeah. And eight years. I mean, that's it. Your career in the food and beverage industry is over. Well, I mean, you can serve it somewhere that doesn't serve alcohol, but. Well, where's the fun in that? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the money? You're going to go to Waffle House? I mean, the drinkers are, yeah, right. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. He's done. That's He's done. crazy. I card every single person that orders. Well, aren't you supposed to have your ID on you to drink? That's no, crazy. it's actually not. I just took the ABC class again, and I learned something new. You don't actually have to have your ID on you. So that was drinking. a lie. I've been lying to it everyone. It is a lie. But yeah. if a cadet or a cop, somebody comes up and um, tries to card someone and they don't have their ID. Yes, then you're in then trouble. They then they can, can get in trouble. So it's very complicated and stupid. Well, Tennessee is hard. There's so much money made in alcohol sales, and I was a bar manager for a while at Calhoun's. They're a brewery, so well, well, one of them is. I, I, yeah, I started right as they made the move to their own branded beer. Okay, I I was talking with one of the district manager guys, who unfortunately is no longer with us, but he was a great guy, and he was talking to me about being a bar manager, and I said, I don't really know much about all this stuff. He goes, Oh, you'll be great at it. (laughs) 
Oh God. Okay, if you say so. Yeah, that's you've always assumed that's true for bar managers. They don't know what they're what they're doing, right? Well, I was I was the one that they're talking about. But uh, we had a bartender who was very popular. He was very good and well known, and people would come and sit and drink at his bar regularly. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, "Look, I'm going to tell you right now. He gives away so much alcohol." Mm. I'm like, oh, well, okay, so what do I need to do? He goes, let them. He says, yeah. people come in and they buy. They spend three buy. times of what he gave yeah. away. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. I, I, I wasn't going to think that way. But, you know, you have to kind of adjust yeah. some things. And, and, you know, that's part of that quick on your feet and big picture thing about Judgment. how the world works. And, yeah. and yeah. you know, uh, it wasn't so much about him giving away the alcohol. It's the fact that people were coming. They were comfortable. They were enjoying the attention that he gave him and the the service that he gave him. He was a great bartender, real yeah. popular guy. And old timers would probably recognize him just from that description. I won't say right. more about who he was. but <laughs> I've got him. But, I don't remember his name, but I'm picturing I'll him. tell you after the show. I know. <laughs> yeah, you'll say, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, you, you, just, you just know some things. So, you know, I know that we started talking about fighting for respect and fighting for, for better wages and, and the ability of people to, to make a living and, and all these things, and as lifers, you have stories for days. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you love it. It's something that, that hits you in, in all the right places, and, and there are things that you would instantly change if you could. But, yeah. I mean, this is, this is what you do. This is who you are, and that is worthy of respect, and that's worthy of people giving that to you because yeah. you've earned it. Right. You know, you shouldn't have to fight people to, to have a life. No, right. Know? But I would also say that you have to organize, and the people who are out front, are tired and they need you to step up and speak up and take some risks and and maybe risk having management giving you the eye or, or messing with your schedule a little bit so you can shoulder some of the burden of fighting for change because they don't want to just give it to you. They're not going to give it to you They're without a fight. They're not going to give it to you. It feels really scary when you have people threatening your job or threatening your livelihood and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I like it here, but you know, things need to change. Talk with your coworkers and support them and, and show up. And don't just do that, but go to places like Starbucks. Yes, support Starbucks because support they're getting, them. They're, and they're making progress, but they're also getting screwed. Let so people at Starbucks know that you do support I them. love that union. Add union order a to coffee your, with, yeah. with the word union in your Add name union when you order. To your so la- as your last said, name. When they call you. I'm yeah. sure that the employees would really feel that same with McKay's if you have a shirt that's got a union name on it then wear it when you go in you know all those types of things uh but people um we're on the right side of history with this stuff yeah you know hey uh, the gen z's are gonna save us well i'm gonna tell you what uh, i (laughs) you hear that gen z's save us we need saving i I, I teach seven we believe in you and i am so hopeful about the things that they're you know they're pissed off about a lot of things Uh. And they do pay attention a lot more than, yes. than maybe people understand or realize. Mm-hmm. And they're being hit with lots of things that, that they find offensive. Uh, I love when, that they're when offended. I see, when I see the, they, the way that, uh, you know, there's, there's not a, a lot of racism, yeah. that gives me so much hope. So much hope. You know, they're, they're kids that, that uh, are so accepting of each other. That's awesome. And we were on a field trip today. We are out at the... The main event out in West Knoxville. Yes. And mm-hmm. I was bowling with a couple of kids, and I, I haven't bowled much, and my arm is so sore right now. <laughs> but there were a couple of kids bowling who were, who were not 
necessarily really popular kids and not all that athletic. Mm-hmm. And they were getting high fives and everybody mm-hmm. yelling and cheering for them. And I'm like, I, I just love these kids. God, because so good to hear that. They're good to each other. Yeah. And I hope they don't get sour and, and lose that. You know, We have to encourage of, them. We do. coming of age at a really important time. And, and do not sell them short because- no. They're, they're, they're mad this about world. things about, yeah. you know. I said I love that they're offended because I think that their offenses are going to make them stronger and make them more passionate about and causes. Work, work towards better, yeah. like and towards a better future. So I, I think it will ripple through a lot of things totally. and uh, can't help but improve things in the service in- industry and uh, all jobs. So mm-hmm. people deserve living wages. Well, and you can feel the and, changes in the air. I mean, ever since COVID, times have been different more volatile they're changing so hopefully right. we'll get to where you know equality and and care for everyone amen That's where Let's we get there go. together guys yeah thanks dave thanks we appreciate it. thank you. you for having me in i've enjoyed this yeah. and uh, congratulations on your podcast thanks again right. we'll bye what are you kidding me we got ourselves a real podcast interview here i told you he was smart and that you were going to learn something i assume you learned something so i did want to explain that Chris Robinson comment, that was a little inside knowledge that I have of Mr. Gorman. I am a longtime Black Crows fan. I've seen them either 10 or 12 times in cities all over the South. And ironically, Dave's brother, Steve Gorman, is the drummer, or was the drummer for the Black Crows. I guess they're not together anymore. Towards the end, Chris took to leaving out the side door and into his limo after every show. So that's what that little comment was. Well, thanks for hanging out, and I hope you come back. We switch gears a little. I'm with a couple of chefs, and you know how chefs can be. Fun. (laughs) It gets a little risque. There's some definite kitchen talk, and it's definitely entertaining. This is where I say like and subscribe and all that jazz. And I'll be coming around every two weeks with a new episode. So binge away and have a great day. Bye. This is a little snippet of shameless self-promotion for the monsters that made it to the end of the book. Please follow me on Instagram. You can check out pictures of the friends you've been listening to. Get the lowdown on upcoming shows, some secret insights, and maybe a picture of a water bear every so often. Again, thanks for hanging out.